What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the Chief Av Geek, Aviation Maniac, or whatever you want to call me. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. So happy to have everyone back. And we got another episode of the Ask the Ab Geek show today. Super excited because I found a brother in from Canada here Ooh. on the show today. Yes, Canada. Uh, but guys, first off, before we jump into today's episode, remember, we did release another episode of the Ask the Ab Geek show last week with Mark Robinson out from L.A., uh, part of the One Above Aviation crew. Uh, make sure you go give that episode a listen if you didn't have the opportunity. Mark's a really interesting guy, brought up some really cool things. And the fact that, that he immigrated to the United States and doing what he is today, it's really, really cool and brought uh, some really interesting content uh, out on the podcast. So I highly, highly suggest you give last week's episode uh, a listen. But you got to give today's episode a listen first because I got another special guest on the show today and uh, I'll let my special guest introduce uh, introduce himself. So uh, who do we have on the show today? All right. Yeah, I guess you're, you're speaking to uh, Aaron from Toronto. How's it going, Aaron? Yeah, it's going good. Hey, you're going not, you're good. not in Toronto. You're actually in uh, the United States tonight. Yeah, yeah. New York today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm so happy to have you on this. I mean, I've been following you for a while, and I think your story is really, really cool. I mean, from what you were doing before aviation and now what you're doing and being able to travel. And, I mean, you have exploded on social media, and it's really, really cool <laughs> because I feel like, I mean, you're just documenting your journey, and I think it's really, really cool. And, I mean, there's nothing really special to what you're doing. You're just showing your life in aviation, and we're going to go today and get your story uh, story out to the listeners uh so I'm super, super excited. But but first, you know, before we jump into your aviation career and what you're doing right now, I really want the uh, the audience to understand, you know, who you are, what you're about, and really where you came from before you got into uh, to aviation. So let's jump into a few uh, questions that I have for you, uh, just about your early life, pretty much. So sure, yeah. So Aaron, how uh, how young are you? Just so the audience has some context. You know, where are you from? Uh, maybe where you're from originally, since you're in New York right now. Uh, yeah, you know, and where do you call home right now? Yeah, so um, I'm 24. I, uh, I grew up in a small town called Burlington outside of Toronto, and I lived there until I graduated high school. And now with my uh, with my new job being based out of Toronto, I'm I'm actually living back at home again. But yeah, so it's home. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so being from Canada and being you know the, kind of the well, I guess I'm not really an athlete. I consider myself an athlete. Did you ever play hockey? Uh, a little bit. No, a little not bit. The, I wasn't the best. Are you a Maple Leafs fan? I don't. Honestly, I don't really follow sports too much. But I mean, I guess you have to be, eh? Yeah. Can't live in Toronto and not be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, now that you kind of you're traveling between the states and everything, what's it like? You know, doing the things you're doing and living in Canada. Uh, now that you kind of travel back and forth, I mean, is you know, just for maybe people that don't have context. You know, I have context, but is it? You know, do you kind of see a lot of similarities? Is it pretty much the same? Uh, honestly, traveling back and forth, we kind we kind of get the the best of uh, the food world. Like we got like all our, our fast food places in, in Canada, and then we got the different ones in the states. Really keeps it interesting, and yeah, yeah it's pretty good. I, I do like going back and forth to the states. Yeah, it's pretty funny because last time I went up to uh, to Mirabelle, you know, that's where we have a business up there, and I, I took a picture, you know, because I had to get the local fare, and so I went and got some poutine. 
Oh yeah. And oh my God. I was, oh, yeah. I was waiting. Sweet for baby it. Jesus. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> and I literally, I sent a picture to my yeah. wife and she goes, what the heck are you eating? I said, this is literally like a godsend. Like you don't yeah, understand yeah. how good this is. No, that's really, really cool. So that's funny that you say coming back and I'm going to say when I go up there, I love the food. So that's, uh, that's really, yeah. really cool. So, you know, down the road, since you're, you know, you're back in your hometown and, you know, you're traveling all the time. If you look down the road, you know, where do you see yourself being? Do you see, see yourself still being in Canada? Do you see yourself being internationally uh, in the States? You know, where do you see yourself living? No, I don't know. It's really hard to say because the industry is, uh, seems to be changing so fast and uh, just, just technology, all the rumors, you know, everything you hear. But I mean, the end goal is uh, I'd love to live in Australia. I was, I was living there for a, over a year when I was Seriously? younger. And I, yeah, I would just love to. Yeah, I would love to go back. So what, what so. makes Australia so, I mean, the weather is fantastic, but yeah. uh, I mean, what makes it so special? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm really a beach person okay. and uh, I love surfing. So, I mean, it's, it's such a good country because you can surf pretty much all year round. And then they still have some half decent snowboarding mountains and you can go over to New Zealand or Japan for, for snowboarding as well, too. And just overall, I found everyone there is just super happy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just outgoing. So it's just, it's just a great environment, I think. That's funny that you're that you're into surfing. My wife, she used to hang out with a whole bunch of servers. She's from San Diego, California. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, like Huntington area? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more the Carlsbad area. Oh, okay. So, but uh, she married a non-surfer. So, unfortunately, that's – I'm just not a surfer. <laughs> but uh, no, surfing, well, we got to go, man. Yeah, yeah. Surfing's cool, though. Yeah. It's it's actually something that I want to learn, uh, learn how to do. It's on the bucket list. Uh, for sure. So, you know, looking back on the way you grew I want to kind of learn, you know – how life was uh, for you growing up and kind of want to get that context out to the audience. So, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, when you look back, kind of what is maybe one thing that, you know, you wish you would have experienced more as a kid growing up? Oh, um, honestly, I wish I paid more attention on how to cook. Like, both my parents are real good cooks. And, oh, dude, I'm an awful uh, cook. Know, I just can't. I struggle to put anything together. Oh, so. so bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's like now that we live on our own, it's like, oh, you got to cook for yourself. You got to make sure you're nourished. And it's like, I literally, I make mash and that's what I do. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. Throw so, some spinach on a plate, cut up some, some tomatoes, a little bit of oil. Done. And that's like, called a salad. <laughs> that's a salad. <laughs> and uh, yeah. sorry, everybody, for, for my voice. I'm trying to get over this head cold that I have. But uh, couldn't let the, ha- the head cold stop from uh, getting a good podcast in today. So, Aaron, you know. Getting into aviation and kind of your story is really cool because, you know, you didn't the typical, you know, people, you know, when they started in aviation, maybe they started at a super young age or they had a mom and dad in aviation. You know, what was your big inspiration, uh, you know, how to, you know, getting into aviation? Like, how did that happen? Was it self-created inspiration or kind of how did that happen? You know, I, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, and, and my parents told me a story the other day. Uh, so I guess when I was really young, I was maybe two or three years old or something. And, uh, my parents asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I guess, I guess I responded that uh, all I wanted was a, a ride in Santa's sleigh. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of, I guess, aviation, like all the way back then. But, um, I don't know. I, it's always kind of been something that's in my mind. You know, I watched Top Gun when I was young as well, and it was my favorite movie forever. And it's still definitely up there. And it's kind of just, it was so cool, but it's, 
it's something that I kind of, uh, I don't know, through high school, we have a program in Canada called Air Cadets and I, I was in that. So it's, um, so that was fun. But then after graduating high school, I kind of, uh, the, the ski bum side of me took over and I, I moved out to Whistler and started snowboarding and, uh, and, and traveling the world. And it was only actually recently that I, that I got back into aviation. I mean, I was in Whistler for a few years snowboarding and then I ended up going to Australia and, and Mexico and uh, my, my best friend, um, he's, he got into flying, his, his family's aviation. And uh, so when I came back, I was flying back from Mexico to Canada, and then I was going to go onward to, to Spain. And he said, um, you know, it's a good time to be a pilot right now. You should, you should try it out. And I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm around for a little while. I'll give it a go. And uh, I went flying with him. He took me up flying in his, in his Piper. And that was wicked. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. Um, it's like never you get hooked right away. It's just like boom. Yeah, that did. I yeah. never ended up going to never ended up going to Spain, and uh, that was it. Like a couple <laughs> months later, I was training, and here we are. Exactly. Now we're here. So, yeah. that, that's <laughs> funny how it all started, right? Because that's that's pretty much how I. It's 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 not the reason why I got into aviation, but Top Gun was huge, huge. Oh for yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, how stoked are you for Top Gun two to come out next year? Like, I'm I'm super stoked. <laughs> I mean, I'm so pumped. I just don't want it to be like a, a sequel that we wish never happened. You know, oh, like I, yeah, I want yeah. I want it to be just as epic. Like, I feel so. like, I feel like this one is going to be too like action movie. I feel like yeah. it's going to be an action movie. You know, seeing some of the previews, I'm like, oh, come on guys. Like the first one was so nostalgic and awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, the, yeah, just so bad, 80s. the bad boy meets the girl, right? Like it's just yeah. a nostalgia movie and now it's going to turn into some action. The movie. F-14s too, eh? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see him in an F-18 now. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah. that's kind of funny that you worked at Whistler because Whistler is like, it's, I'm going out to, let's see, I, I've pretty much done Colorado. I uh, hit most oh, yeah. of the major mountains. I've done Aspen. Um, Breck, Beaver Creek, Keystone, uh, Copper, uh, Loveland. I mean, you name the mountain in Colorado. I've probably been there. I haven't been to Aspen. That's on my bucket list. Uh, yeah. Over Christmas, I'm going to. Let's see. I did. Uh, I did Big Bear in California. I'm doing. Nice. Uh, oh, I'm doing Mammoth. That's what I'm doing. Going to Mammoth Mountain. Yeah. Uh, I've done Salt Lake City, but Whistler Mountain is on my bucket list, and I can't wait to get to whistle. Yeah. I'm a huge, Definitely. huge skier. Definitely. Got to do it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what was, you said, was that really, you know, it's funny because I, I tell people, you know, they're like, how did you get into flying? You know, this is cool. I kind of want to do it. And I say, you know, if you really want to experience aviation, you, you need to take a discovery flight. Do you, you know, when you, what was your discovery flight like? Oh, I mean, my official discovery flight was the one in my flight school. And, uh, and, it, it honestly was kind of underwhelming. It wasn't, it wasn't the best thing in the world. We went up in, uh, in the 152 and kind of did a circuit. The weather wasn't that great. It was bumpy out. And uh, I, I did my training in Manitoba where it's kind of flat. So that, that discovery flight wasn't exactly the best. But um, the flight that I was talking to you about before with my buddy is kind of what I consider to be my true discovery flight. Yeah. And like we went up and it was like, you know, Piper Cub and we were just like going like, you know, going along the shore, seeing Toronto, just seeing all these like landscapes that, I, and the, you know, the, the stuff that I grew up around and now seeing them from the sky, it was just such a cool experience. And I loved it. And, you know, it has the, a stick instead of a yoke. It was just, it was a fantastic, it's, I don't know, you can't describe the feeling. Yeah. And I mean, anybody listening, yeah. I mean, if you're into aviation and this is something that you're thinking about, or, you know, maybe you're, you have a job already and you're like, man, maybe I should give it a try. Like literally, reach out to somebody on Instagram or reach out to one of your local uh, flight schools 
and go and take a Discovery flight. I mean, I don't know how much yours was. Maybe your friend gave it to you for free. Uh, I've had multiple free Discovery flights, but I think they only run. I mean, most Discovery flights run from $99, $100, $120. I mean, yeah. that's a small price to pay for something that could be your future. That's the way I look for at sure, it. For sure, yeah. It could change your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, it changed yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My head cost me a, uh, a craft beer at the bar later, so yeah. it's a great deal. <laughs> so do you have any siblings? Uh, I do. I have a brother. You have a brother. Is he in aviation? He's not. I'm, uh, I'm the only one in my, in my family and even extended family that got into aviation. It's, really? It's total, yeah, it's a total random career choice, I guess. That, that's but no, yeah, my brother's an artist. Uh, is your, uh, so is your family pretty supportive uh, of your move over to the aviation world? Yeah, yeah, they're, they, they love it. I mean... Before I was kind of just like traveling around, and I was you know bartending in different countries, and they're like, you know, you can't do that forever. And I kind of wanted to prove them wrong, but yeah. uh, now that I've gotten to flying, I love it. I'm really happy I did, and they're happy I did. So, yeah, they're definitely supportive. That, that's that's really really fun because you know it's it's like you know when you find something and you just love it and you just go for it. You know, it's crazy how it just changes your mentality. It changes how you feel. It just makes you feel happier. And, yeah. and what you're doing, it's like, I finally have a purpose now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. When I found aviation, I was like, I think I've found my calling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I, I think the, I mean, we got a little bit, uh, into your, you know, kind of your background in your early life. Uh, and I know now everybody's kind of, you know, they know you from Instagram and whatnot, and they're probably wanting to know what is your pilot life actually like? Uh, you know, and I've talked to a few people, uh, already here on the podcast. And I know a lot of people talk that airline pilots are kind of, you know, now today you hear it in the news, you hear it everywhere in the newspaper, in the magazines, the, the pilot shortage, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and yeah, airline yeah, pilot, classic, you, got, you gotta classic. go, you gotta go through the airline pilot program. You know, that's the best way to go. Uh, you know, it's being that career that you have to shoot for if you want to be a pilot, but you took the corporate pilot route, which is really, really fascinating. And we had, you know, a couple episodes ago, we had the same thing. And I'm really intrigued to see what you, uh, see what you say. And if that's kind of, you know, if there's a little bit of parallel to, to what he had to say. So with that, I want to deep dive here into your, uh, into your pilot life. So kind of what was the defining moment that you told yourself, I'm going to be a pilot? And, you know, back then when we were kind of just talking about it, did you have any alternative careers that you were kind of looking at? Or did you just say, you know what, I'm going to try this pilot thing out. And if it does, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Did you have a plan B? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, as, as soon as I got on that flight and I like, kind of looked into it, uh, first off, I got my medical to make sure I can do it before I yeah. actually did any real training. But after I got my medical, I'm like, yeah, this is me. I'm doing it. There wasn't a plan B. I was just, I was going to do it. So yeah, full into that. So what was, you know, I went through flight training, you know, I have my private, uh, now and I'm slowly getting into my instrument rating. I took my first helicopter lesson last week. What, because you're from Canada and you did your training in Canada, how was flight training for you? I know you guys do things a little bit differently, so I'm sure the audience is intrigued to hear kind of how flight training is like in Canada. I think for the most part, it's the same. Okay. Uh, the big difference I found between flying in Canada and the States is uh, Canada's air, uncontrolled airspace is pretty much everywhere. Really? Um, and there's a whole lot of nothing. Like a lot of the time, you're just not talking to nothing. Even if you broadcast on 26-7, there's still nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the big differences. And then I, the other difference I've heard is that um, for our PPL, we do spins. And I guess that's not a thing in, not, uh, yeah. in, in the States. So I think that's, I guess, it's, a little, it's only a little difference, though. Did you so, feel like that, was, that piece was pretty important to your training? 
Um, I loved it. I, I thought it was like a really cool, I thought it was a really cool lesson. You do it on like your third or your lesson, your fourth lesson or whatever. And, um, it's like kind of a bit of a defining moment for me. Cause you know, I guess I never closed the door before properly. And, yeah. you know, my instructor was like, you know, one of these days it's going to come out to bite you. And so uh-huh. needless to say, lesson four, we're, we're doing a spin. And then as soon as we get upside down, the door pops open and like, all of my books fly out because I was too cheap to buy a kneeboard at the time. And I was <laughs> such an idiot, but yeah, no, it was cool. So do you guys, do you actually have, you know, okay, I get my private, I get my instrument and I get my commercial or do you start from zero and go to your commercial? Is it pretty okay, much yes. the same way? Yeah. So we go, we go um, private first and then uh, you can either go commercial and then multi and, and multi IFR or uh, you can do what I did and you get your private. And then you get your uh, your private and your multi, and then you get your multi IFR, and then you finally finish off with your commercial. Ah, and okay. uh, and yeah. So and how many so, total, so, how many total hours do you have to? Uh, did you need before you could get into uh, corporate? It's uh, two hundred to to get your CPL, and uh, I got two hundred. Yeah, I got hired at two hundred and three. Oh my lord, that's that's so cool. Because in the so, states, in the states, you actually have to. It's two fifty. Just to yeah. get, just to uh, take the check ride, yeah, for and, sure. And which I'm like, oh man, that's a lot of hours I got to start building. Um, and then I mean, just to think, like, probably here in the states, you you're not even going to be considered for your first. Uh, say you want to do uh, corporate jets, you're probably not even going to sit, you know, in the right seat until you maybe have 500 hours. I mean, which is crazy. So that's really yeah. that's a really cool difference that you uh-huh. guys have. Um, so how many hours do you have now? Uh, now I'm at about 310. Okay, so. so you're building pretty quick then. Well, I don't know. We don't we do not do that many. We do um, like 20 or 30 a month. Okay. Usually. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So, so yeah. um, do you plan on getting any any more ratings down the line? Like for, for other planes or like just stay King Air the whole time? Or, oh, or what no. do you mean? Because so, you, so you have uh, – you got your private. You have your um, – your multi, your multi IFR, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. so do you, do you guys, are you going to do like flight instructor, uh, flight instructor IFR? Oh, that's different. Oh, we don't have a different one for that one. Um, yeah, for us, it's just flight instructor. I don't know. I'd really love to do my, uh, seaplane rating. That would be cool. Okay. It's just something, uh, something I've always thought would be, you know, unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause then you could fly the, the amphibs and stuff and that would be sweet. And also, uh, aerobatic aerobatic instructor would be really cool uh, i guess i'd have to learn how to do aerobatics significantly better now but that's that would be another rating that i'd be definitely interested in and you're um, you're, you're rated through transport canada now right exactly okay. yes Okay. so if you wanted to move to the states and uh get your faa license would you actually have to go through more training i don't believe i'd have to go through more training one of my friends actually just did this and uh I think it was just exams. She uh-huh. just had to do exams. I don't think she had to do a uh, actual flight test or anything like that. That's that's pretty cool because uh, yeah. you know one of my previous guests, he's doing his helicopter. He's doing the helicopter uh, route out in uh, British Columbia. For and sure, that was one of the reasons why he did it uh, up in Canada versus doing it here in the states, is it was a little quicker. Um, yeah, which is kind of which is kind of cool. So, um, in your training, you know. What were some of the most important lessons that you learned that maybe you didn't expect to learn in training? Right, right. Yeah, so when I got into training, I was really, really eager. And uh, 
I wanted to fly into everything. Like I just did, I didn't actually understand. I, you know, not coming from aviation, I had no concept of, of anything or the dangers of flying. So it would be like, like two mile viz and, you know, like crazy winds. I'd be like, I want to go flying. Let's go flying right now. You know, my instructor's like, no, I don't even want to go up. I'm like, well, I don't care. I want to go up. Let me go up. So I'd be out. And I was just, it was just looking back at it. It was just uh, really dumb. And I probably ignore, (laughs) really annoyed my instructor uh, about that. But um, after that, Sorry, I, I, was it like what defining moments? So what were, or, you know, like, so basically, you know, kind of like what you were just saying, I take it as one of the important lessons that uh, yeah, you kind of okay. learned was, uh, you know, a little more patience and a little more yeah. uh, being risk adverse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so after I learned that lesson, uh, I kind of learned to chill out a little bit, realize it'll take time. And, uh, and then the other thing was chair flying, which was, uh, probably one of the best things I could possibly do. It probably saved me thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I didn't actually realize that that was something you do, you know, again, not having any experience in this. I just thought, you know, you go on the plane, you figure it out, but actually breaking it down and, and working as systems and flows and checklists and everything, it, it really helps when I, when I was doing it in the chair to make it, you know, just second nature in the plane. I found training went so much faster because of that. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's it. You know, it's weird because I work for a helicopter company and, you know, I'm around it all day, but I've never actually, you know, and I try to fly as much as I can, but I've never actually tried the, uh, the chair flying route, but I know uh-huh. it's a, I know it's a really good way to, uh, to learn. So I, I think I'm going to try that someday. I think. I yeah, have. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so did you have any hurdles going through training? I mean, like bumps in the road? Um, not really. I mean, it, it overall went, uh, went fairly smoothly. Like, uh, um, yeah, no, it went pretty good. It, it went pretty good, pretty fast. So I, I don't think so. So, uh, when you were going through your training, did you kind of have it in your head set that you were going to go into the corporate world as soon as you could, uh, or did you, you know, entertain other routes? Um, honestly, when I graduated, um, I would have flown absolutely anything that, that I could have. Yeah. Like I've always thought the corporate route was pretty cool. But I also think that uh, like aerial firefighting is, is really cool oh, as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, float, float plane flying up in like the, the hunting camps and stuff, that uh-huh. would be cool as well. I, I was, oops, uh, I, yeah, I was just fully open-ended to whatever job um, I was able to secure. So, um, yeah, corporate was always a possibility, but I never actually thought that it was, uh, it was something that could happen, you know, as someone like just fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm stoked that it did. So... What do you want to do after the King Air? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've, I've got a bond now for another year and a half, but the company that I'm working for is, is fantastic. So um, I don't really have any plans. Uh, like whatever, you know, whatever happens at the end of the next two years, I guess I'll, I'll figure it out then. I, I'd like to stay corporate, but uh, but also my captain uh, flew in Africa for, for years really? and years. That's cool. And uh, some of the stories that he has, you know, just, flying in the, the desert and over the jungles and all that, that, that adventure part of aviation is just something that I really want to experience. So uh-huh. I'm also kind of entertaining the idea of going to Africa and, and flying there. Cause that would just be you know, a crazy life experience. Cause you'd be doing probably a lot of, uh, you know, dirt, pretty much dirt, dirt flying pretty much. Right. Oh yeah. 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 He's saying like, you know, full on, like you, you can't find the strip and that's because like all the locals there are on the strip. They, yeah. they made the, the strip for market. So you have to, you know, buzz the strip, get the locals off, you know, come back around. 
double check for animals and then and, and put it down. So that's crazy. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, there's, there's some bush flyers out and, uh, I follow some folks out in like, I want to say it's like Indonesia or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some yeah. of those, the high mountain range, uh, bush yeah. flying. Oh my Lord. That's crazy. Like, Oh yeah. Is that, is that from that, uh, that, that YouTube series, the worst place to, in the world to be a pilot? I, I don't know if that's where I saw it. I, I know there's a guy, he doesn't do it anymore, but he flew a, uh, I can't remember the model it was. It wasn't a, wasn't a caravan. wasn't a uh, wasn't a quest. Can't remember what he was flying, but it was one of those strips where when you come in, you basically. I mean, it has basically. It's just it rises up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no go around. And it's yeah. like uh, we uh, some of our demo pilots. Uh, they've gone to Kathmandu in Nepal, in the airport yeah. there, um, up at base camp at Everest is. They say is just insane too. So. But how did you get placed in the King Air? Was it kind of you, you got hired on and they said, okay, we're going to have you fly the King Air? Um, no, so when I got hired, I, uh, I applied directly for the King Air position. And, and uh, when I got hired, I knew I was going to be on the King Air. Yeah. And then they so. basically they sent you to – because you have to get type rated, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you, so you have to get type rated for it. And uh, the, the type rating was actually done down in Florida. And so. – I take it you. I mean, it seems you're enjoying it so far. But it's funny because you posted something the other day. Uh, you know, you were saying you know how people are like. Uh, I can't remember what you said. It's like eight people. That's not a very oh, big yeah. Air, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. very big airplane. And then you're like, yeah, man, what are you guys talking about? I think it's. I think it, it's like a yacht. This is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just it's just funny, you know, like the general public that only ever fly on like the big Boeing and Airbus um, airplanes. They they just have a totally different idea on, on a plane like this and I, I think it's i think it's a great airplane i think it's actually a big airplane but i guess you know it is comparatively small yeah but uh yeah it's just kind of funny you know because the questions i always get is um when are you going to get your commercial license which i just think is hilarious like you know I'm, <laughs> I've, I've i've got it yeah um, and then the other one's like when, when are you going to go fly a, a real airplane i'm like again this is definitely it's a real know, airplane twin turbine <laughs> twin turbine it's a real airplane so i mean yeah. it it is the King Air is. I mean, it's got to be hands down one of the most. I mean, go to aircraft across the globe. I mean, For it's sure. one of the most. So popular. useful. Oh, it's so useful, and it's just super reliable too. Absolutely, yeah, it's a tank. But it looks like you, you, the one that you fly looks pretty up to date. I mean, you guys got a pretty sweet navigation uh, deck going on in there. Yeah, ours is actually um, ours is brand new. It, it's it still has less than two hundred hours on the thing. It's uh, it's two thousand eighteen. It has the Collins Proline Fusion in it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fantastic avionic system for yeah, fantastic aircraft. So, so it's, it's overall pretty much brand new out of Wichita. Then yeah, you know it actually has a smell like you know how new cars have a smell. This, oh, the this new has, airplane smell is. Oh, it's like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would know so for sure. Good. Yeah. It's like. It's like the new car smell, but more refined. It's, yeah, yeah we, we have it in the, the best. And the funny thing is, is it's weird because helicopters, for some reason, keep it longer than airplanes do, I think. I don't know if it's just the jet fuel and maybe the, the airflow systems kind of okay. get that smell out. But, man, yeah. that that new aircraft smell is incredible. People, you think new car smell is good? Go find yourself a fresh <laughs> new airplane off the line and your life yeah. will be changed, I tell you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So... Kind of let's tell the audience a little bit because, you know, I, I have some really good context on it and I know the differences for sure. But, you know, corporate pilots are known to really have some wanky, crazy schedules. So kind of what's a typical schedule for you or maybe a week schedule uh, for you, maybe compared to some of your counterparts that might be flying in the airline business? 
Yeah, well, it seems like the airlines, for the most part, generally have their set schedules that can change, you know, a little bit. You can drop stuff, you can take stuff, but for the most part, when the schedule comes out, you know what you're flying. Whereas uh, my schedule and a lot of people that fly corporate, we're kind of attached to our cell phones. And, and so we have like a two-hour call out on base. And so basically uh, 14 days in a row or up to 14 days, um, we, we have to be within um, the airport two hours ready to go. But um, that, that generally never happens. We don't usually get calls and then like, hey, we come right now. It's usually, it's usually the night before. So for the most part, it's pretty relaxed. We can just kind of live our lives as, as if we um, aren't going to work, you know, go to the gym, hang out, do whatever hobbies you, you want to do. Yeah. And then if, if you get a if you get a call or an email, it's generally that you're working tomorrow and it's like, great, well, now I get to go to work, which I love doing. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's cool. It's, it's definitely cool. But the hard part about it and uh, I could only see this getting harder as, you know, I get older and I have a family or whatever. It's, it's really hard to um, to commit to stuff in the future. Like even even like a on the weekend, you know, people will invite us and say like, Hey, what are you doing Friday night? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Like right now I'm not doing anything, but I can't firmly commit to anything. I can't buy any tickets in advance, but, uh, it's kind of, kind of give and take. Cause I do get a lot of time at home. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, and a lot of people ask me too, you know, cause I travel a lot for my work and, you know, being in the, the OEM side of the business. And I mean, a lot of people, that's kind of one of the questions, like, how do you guys do what you do? And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you're going to find the people in your circle that kind of understand because you really enjoy what you're doing and the schedule is just kind of the schedule and there's going to be the people that kind of find it weird and there's going to be a lot of people that find it, you know, they're going to understand and they're going to support you. Uh, but one of the things that I feel that makes the schedule so much easier to, to deal with is just the, when you have the passion and the love for it, I mean, it's like, Oh, for sure. It's yeah. just another day in the office. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can't beat that office view, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. you know, doing what you were doing before and now where you're at today, you know, what makes this corporate gig that you're doing so rewarding for you personally? Um, honestly, I just before I was kind of always traveling, my, my whole part of, you know, bartending around the world, is it was kind of a skill that you can bring with you everywhere that I mean, it's not high skill, but it's generally easy to find work pretty much everywhere. And it allows you to travel and continue traveling and and now I've kind of got the same thing. And uh, now I don't pick the destinations anymore. But you know what? That's that's totally fine by me. It's just really cool that. Um, okay, I guess here's the thing. Like generally with our with our plane, um, we tend to have trips that are you know three days to five days, maybe even seven days in duration. And I just find that it's so cool because wherever we go, it doesn't matter where we go. You can always find cool things to do, and it really allows you like enough time. Uh, in between your flight there and your flight back to uh -huh. actually truly enjoy the layover and, and explore the area. Yeah. Cause you were just in uh yeah, we were talking about that. You were in Florida and you were, uh, you were at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the beach. It was snowing back home. It was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, where in Florida were you again? Uh, it was kind of like the upper panhandle area. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was just a couple weeks back. I was at Fort Lauderdale. Uh, okay. I love the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. It's actually a big aviation hub too. Lots yeah. and lots yeah, of things on there. Um, so kind of one of the ways that we got connected was basically through social media. I mean, I, I connected with you while you were going through your training because uh, I was going through my training and I was trying to find other people, uh, you know, that I could relate to. And it's really cool, um, you know, being in the business I am with Bell, you know, we have a business up in Canada. So I follow a lot of people from Canada, too. But, you know, one of the interesting things is just this connection in social media. And because it's the first way we connected, you know, I kind of want to pivot 
to what you think about it and how it's helped you, um, you know, because you've taken a really big advantage of it and you've really taken this power of social media and really built a cool following. And I think it's incredible. So, you know, and I, I was talking with you before the podcast uh, about this, but, you know, I've been telling people, you know, that are new to aviation or maybe old into aviation or trying to find new people or meet new friends or whatnot, uh, you know, that if they want to make these connections and find people in aviation or, you know, find people that have given discovery flights is use social media because it's the fastest and easiest way to find somebody and somebody to talk to, too. I mean, it's like us, like we have the ability to text, but we talk through DM. It's just easy. Uh, yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on what you think about aviation and social media and kind of how you're using it to your advantage, you know, versus some people in the industry, or maybe even let's, we could talk about companies too, that just aren't using the tool to its advantage. So, you know, it's really funny because you post some funny stuff on social media and it's really, really cool. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like you just asking questions and it's really cool because you interact with your following. So just like anybody, you know, why did you start to post your aviation journey on social media? Um, so when I initially started, it was kind of because uh, the place that I did my training in uh, Manitoba, it was like really dead. Like there was nothing going on there. So for all those off days or those days that I wasn't flying, um, I, was, I was kind of getting bored. So I was thinking, you know, like might as well document this. And I initially started um, posting on my, my personal social media. Then I realized, you know, my, my friends don't really want to see a picture of an airplane every day. So, yeah. uh, so, so I just made my own um, account for, for just pilot stuff. And, uh, I just kind of went with it and it, it just became a daily thing. And, and slowly, uh, just, I don't know, more and more people started interacting. And I, I think like, it's just, I think it's such a fantastic, uh, you know, just app, you know, all social media just in general, just seems to be a fantastic opportunity, uh, to connect with people everywhere. So it, it, and it's funny because I feel like a lot of people that don't understand the tool, they they give it a bad rap and i hear like oh it's destroying people it's so bad and i'm thinking to myself i go man i don't know what you're talking about because it's done nothing but good things for me <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so and, and and with that point do you feel that kind of the aviation community and maybe some of the the veterans inside the community uh are they you know are they taking this power of social media maybe for granted because they could be increasing their business? They could be, you know, increasing their chances of getting a job. It could be helping them get into flight school. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, overall, I find that uh, kind of people are either split. You know, people either love social media and they, yeah. and they think it's a fantastic opportunity or you kind of have the uh, the old school mindset. And it's I think it's just because of how regulated this industry is. And, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be posting things. You don't want to be posting pictures. Everything that you post is a potential liability. And it's yeah. like, you know, that's kind of true to a point, but just, you know, just be adults about it, be responsible. And, and I think it's a fantastic tool rather than a liability. That, that's funny that, you, that you're talking about the liability. Cause that kind of jumps into the next question I wanted to ask. But first, you know, uh, last week, you know, it was a big week in, you know, college football is huge here in the States. And oh, yeah. last week it was, uh, I want to say it was in Ohio. It was the Ohio state Michigan game, which in college football here in the States is a huge, huge rivalry game. And Ohio state won, beat Michigan. Um, but somebody posted a video online. They were up in a 172, and the pilot was flying and his co-pilot cracked open a beer and took a shotgun. And this, oh this, this video, I'll have to send it to you. This oh video God. went viral on Facebook. I was like, yeah. what? Why would you post something like that? But hey, yeah, yeah. 
uh, all right. It, I tell you, yeah. in the in my North Texas Aviators Facebook community, somebody posted it on there, and that's where I saw it. But then I went to the original post. The conversation is incredible. Like people, like why would they do? It? It's like either the you got like fifty fifty split. It's either like, well, there's nothing in the regs that say you know it can't be doing what he was doing, right? Like yeah, yeah. because people drink on you know corporate aviation, <laughs> like yeah. in the back. So it, it's pretty funny, but. You know, it kind of jumps in the question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, being in your job that you're doing and, you know, being able to juggle these rules uh, and the etiquette that you have to do, uh, how do you do all that juggling, being a corporate pilot and being able to have such a good following on social media? Uh, honestly, it's it's um, about, you know, a close collaboration with my work. Yeah. Like um, the we, we have a small company, so everyone is really easy to talk to. And uh, before... Like when they hired me, they knew about this and, uh, you know, they thought it was okay. And, uh, we basically just kind of went over the rules, what I can do, what I can't do. And, uh, you know, it's basically all about, you know, it's like their business, their profit first. And then if I want to do this on the side, they think it's great and, and it's something they support. And, uh, I'm totally on board with that. And I think it makes a whole lot of sense, you know? So do you feel like being a corporate pilot has kind of helped your ability to kind of be this person and, you know, be this person who's chronal, you know? basically chronicling their, uh, their, their aviation journey on social, you know, maybe because corporate aviation isn't so uptight versus maybe the airlines, or do you kind of see that, you know, that etiquette and those rules being the same? You know, I think it, I think it's kind of, uh, just as it's, it's strict about different things, right? Like, you know, you asked me where I was in Florida. I can't really say, um, yeah. uh, like we're not supposed to say locations. We can, we can't talk about clients. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but every time I post pictures of the plane tail numbers blurred out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. even like lanyard and everything, we can't do stuff like that. So, um, so that's kind of strict, but other than that, it's, it's a, it's a lot of free reign and it's just, I think it's cool because, um, you know, we get to go to different airports uh-huh. and, uh, and you kind of get a whole different perspective, um, from the airline pilots, not to say that they don't have an absolutely fantastic and, and cool perspective in their own right. But, uh, it seems like a lot, at least in the, in the States, really, um, they're not allowed to take pictures in the cockpit or anything like that. So do you, when you go to these different, uh, airports and FBOs, do people recognize you? <laughs> um, a few times, a few times. And it's really uh, thrown me off guard when it, when it did happen. But, uh, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I, or like, you know, I, I went somewhere and then nothing happened. Nobody actually talked to me. And then a couple of days later I, I would get a DM and it'd be like, Hey, you know, I, I remember you from this airport. I was yeah. like, wow, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. Like, the, the only reason I asked yeah. that question is because it, it happened to me about a month ago. I was, uh, my wife and I were going to go to fly to dinner and we're walking out to the plane at the FBO and the guy who had just pulled it out, uh, from the hangar, he, he looked at me because he, he saw a camera with me and he goes, he kind of looks, tilts his head and he goes, Are you that kid that runs that podcast, Ab Geek Chronicles? And I, and my wife was the first one wow. to look over at me and she's like, oh God, here it is. The first guy. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's me. He goes, Hey, I listen to this every day. You know, he's, and the reason why is he was going through flight training himself. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he kind of could relate to everybody. And he, he said he really enjoyed hearing everybody else's stories, but it's just, it's, I don't know. For me, it's really weird when people you don't know recognize you and they're like, oh, hey, super you weird. do this. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, yeah, it's just know. like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, I'm just a normal person who likes doing this and talking to other people. You know, it's not making yeah, me spe- special. So, But you're posting a lot and you've built up, I mean, a really, really cool following. But 
you know, from what you do, how did you come up with some of the content that you do? Because you are the king of the selfie. And <laughs> I mean, people, you, I think yeah. we even talked about it too. Like yeah. your followers love your selfie. I mean, how did it, is that just kind of how you started? You just like, oh, I'm here. And you were taking a selfie here and then doing that. And that was how you were, you know, documenting your journey. But like, is that just kind of how it started? Um, you know, at the beginning, uh, my content, like I look back at it, like, like the stuff ages ago when I was in training, it was all just totally, it's all totally random stuff. You know, it'd be like a picture of like a, a book or like the E6B or something like just like random pictures of whatever. Um, and then I started to get really analytical with it because I, you know, I really like the, the, the data part of it. And so I would kind of just judge, um, I would judge everything. I would judge how people reacted to each photo. I would think, you know, um, like are the, um, are the stripes showing in this photo? Am I wearing a tie? Am I facing like did i mirror the photo or not am i sitting in the right seat or or am i sitting in the left seat am i sitting you know with my like what what am i doing um and um so i just kind of totally became analytical about it and uh i i finally realized like you know i guess like the uh, perfect formula for uh, for a well-performing photo at least to my instagram feed and uh and that yeah that ended up just being like you know that classic selfie that i keep on posting and i'm not overly happy about it that that it is uh selfies which are which are what get the most engagement but you know like right now um i'm really trying to continue to grow it and and just reach out to more people so i so it's kind of a strategy that i'll keep on going uh for the uh, caption part um what i try and do is i i get a lot of messages and i just i keep track of every single message and say like you know what did this person ask about what did this person ask about and uh, i kind of compile a list and that's how i pick my caption so I'll, I'll post a selfie which you know i i personally think is kind of low quality content but you know people seem to think otherwise and then for my, my caption i'll try and answer all of the real questions take a real you know aviation ask um stance on on that and it seems to be doing pretty good so well so you know it's it's <laughs> it's really funny that you said that because you know i, I was kind of looking at the analytical too of my own feed and it's funny because I seem to get more, uh, I seem to get, and my wife makes fun of me too about this. I seem to get more likes when she's in my aviation photos. Than when oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just me. I'm like, well, I guess I got to have you in more of my photos then, I guess. Guess we got to go yeah, fly some definitely. more. Um, so, you know, the way you started social media and the way you did it, you know, I feel like there's got to be a deeper purpose for what you want to do in the future with it, you know. What is that purpose that you would like to do kind of with the following that you built up with uh, into the future? You know, I, I really like, you know, sharing. And uh, right now there's no real end goal for it. It's not like I, uh, I'm striving to get something out of social media. So I'm just going to kind of keep building it up as of now. But, you know, I think I think even in the future, like, you know, different collaborations that can come up because of Instagram or like job opportunities. Like, like I had um, someone from cafe reach out to me and they were like, really? Hey, like, you know, yeah. And it was like one of their like international recruiters. I'm like, wow, this is insane. Like someone's reaching out for me to me from here. So I don't really know what the end game is going to be, but I'm just kind of going along with the journey right now. So basically, you know, it's funny that you say that um, because I take it as, you know, through the work that you've done, even though it hasn't, you know, probably for you, it doesn't feel like it's been all that much work. But I feel like it's helped you in that way is because you've done this, because you put yourself out there in a true and real way that, you know, some of these people are starting to recognize you. And it's almost like your resume almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a lot. I think definitely. Yeah. I think social media is something that, you know, employers already check it. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you might as well build it up. Right. And it's funny because I feel like, 
now at the age we are, you know, social media had a big role in, you know, where I did my training, how I did my training, you know, who I connected with myself in the industry. But it's kind of, you know, I hate to say it in the future, but everybody from aviation, you know, for, if you're, I don't know, if you're not on social media, I think it's actually going to put yourself at a disadvantage. Uh, yeah, if you're not I on. totally agree. Yeah, I totally so, agree. You know, on that point, you know, if people are in aviation, um, you know, they're, they're wanting to kind of document their story too, because there's a lot of young pilots out there that aren't doing what we're doing. What would be the message from your experience and what you've seen, uh, maybe to some other student pilots or other people that are in aviation, maybe heck, maybe even the, the veteran 45 year old, uh, I don't know, your air Canada pilot, uh, what would be the message that you would tell these people on, you know, how to document their aviation story? Um, I mean, I think like, it's awesome. It's awesome to share. But like the first thing is you got to be really particular about what you share, yeah. especially in aviation. Like, you know, going back to that, um, that video that you were talking about of the guy that was, that was shotgunning in the co-pilot seat, which is you know, just like crazy. That's, with, like, yeah, it's, it, crazy. it's crazy. You know, it, it, it's super crazy. And it's, and the, the thing is, it's controversial, which is, which is, uh, really good to, you know, great drive engagement and stuff. And that's, that's how you get things that go viral. But it, you know, if the wrong, if you, you know, if you apply at a company and they, you know, somebody saw that video and they, they are going to have an opinion on that and that's going to really, um, that's going to really affect their uh, opinion of you. Um, so I think it's really important to be really careful about what you actually share on social media. You know, you don't want to be sharing low passes that are, you know, high speed selfies like that, like they're like, you know, while you're flying. So I don't know, but it's definitely, it's definitely a great idea to just start posting anything and, and you're that's kind of the big thing just start posting anything and your content will get better and better you'll realize how people engage with it naturally yeah and i mean i mean it's it's how i've built up the podcast i mean it's how we got connected i mean i'm not doing anything i'm just kind of documenting what i'm doing you know what i do when i fly what do i do when i travel for work um but it, because you document i mean it's it's so crazy the people you can connect with and I, mean, I think that's the number one thing that I've taken out of it is just the connections and really cool things. Because I don't know, in aviation, I've learned that, you know, if you're posting about the things that you love, you know, it's kind of like we're one big community. It doesn't matter if you're international, you know, over in Europe or you're in Canada or you're in Mexico or the United States. The people who love aviation, it's just like one big family. And it's really cool to Definitely. connect with those yeah. people. Yeah. And it's actually really cool how small aviation actually is, too. You know, you think there's the only thing is this massive industry, which it really is. But at the same time, like it, you're going to you're bound to run into people. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, let me yeah. tell you from the helicopter world, it is it's insane. I went to oh, uh, for sure. I mean, the 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 fixed wing world is, is pretty big. But man, people think the helicopter world is big. No, 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 no. It's tiny. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I went to dinner in Florida with somebody. Uh, we were with one of our pilots and he met met up with somebody that he worked with in Thailand of all people. They're both, wow. both, uh, well actually no, one was Canadian. The guy, uh, that he worked with, uh, in Thailand was, uh, American. And then he ended up in Florida. And I mean, it was just on random that we ran into him. Uh, but yeah, it's a small world. I mean, that's, that's what I love about it. I mean, I think that's what makes, makes it so great, but I want to jump now, you know, we talked about your early life. We talked about, you know, what it's like to be a corporate pilot. Uh, I want to get into more, of kind of your own beliefs, you know, and I want to get more into your own personal thinking. Cause I think it'll, it'll get the audience kind of the, you know, they'll understand the pilot, uh, the pilot that you are. So 
I know it takes a lot, uh, you know, me personally to, to do what I did in the past, you know, to switch careers. Um, it takes a lot, you know, you just can't do it. It, it does take a good mindset to, uh, to make some, to make a change like that. And you, you started from the ground, you know, ground zero, and now you're working commercially. So, you know, before I get into the lightning round questions, because those are the questions that I'm really, really looking forward to, you know, I want to <laughs> okay, take, cool. I want to take this deeper dive into your own personal beliefs and kind of what goes through your head and what makes you, you. So your personal values, I'm really, really intrigued to learn about people's personal values and what makes them you. So what are your personal values that you try to live by every single day? Um, honestly, the, the biggest thing that I've kind of lived by my whole life is, you know, like, I don't know, I read this thing and it, and it said, like, if you wake up and you're not happy and you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and you're not happy and this keeps, it, this keeps on happening, like, you got to just change something. You shouldn't do this. And you, you never know, like, you know, how, how long you're going to live for. And it kind of sounds all cynical and whatever. And I read that, like, ages ago when I was in, like, grade 11. And I just totally changed my life because of that. And that's how I ended up, you know, following following my dream, like, skiing and snowboarding and then to Australia. And it's just, like, you know, it's, it's so cool because, you know, people always say, well, if – if you go traveling, then you're going to get behind in life. And I think absolutely not. Like if you, if you follow your dreams and your, and your passions, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to get ahead in life. And, yep. and I think the, the biggest risk is, is not taking a risk in the traditional sense. I mean, it's, so. it, and it's because, you know, to most people doing what you did, it's almost like they were taking a step back, but it yeah. really, it really, you know, taking that step back almost puts you two times forward. Right. Like, For sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I truly, I mean, I, I truly believe what you just said. So I see it in a lot of the work that you do, you know, especially on social media and, and kind of what you just said is just being happy every single day. But, you know, the beliefs that the beliefs and values that you just talked about, how do you do that, uh, you know, into your work that you do as a corporate pilot? Well, I mean, I guess right now, um, as a corporate pilot, I, I'm not really too sure how, how it would apply because, you know, I've done this for two years and I've, I've made a, for the first time in my life, I've actually made like a real commitment for two years and, yeah. and you know, I'm really happy about it. I love my job. I love the opportunities that it comes with, but, um, kind of how that, that belief system comes into play is, you know, say after this bond run out, runs out, do I stay with my company? Do I, do I go with the airlines? Do I go to Africa? You know, like what, whatever's calling at me at that time in life is just kind of, you know, I just think that people in general should just follow whatever speaks to them the most. And so, so that's kind of, you know, how I see, you know, my next career move, like what happens then? So would you, and I think you kind of answered this earlier. So if your, you know, your contract comes up, would you, would you stay again in corporate? So that's what I mean. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, like I, I do like not, it. Maybe have you not experienced it enough to maybe make that full decision yet? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, right now, uh, right now I do totally enjoy my job and I think it's great. And, you know, I've got another year and a half of this job and I'm super excited for it. But then after that, you know, what will, what will happen? What other yeah. opportunities will come because of that? Maybe I could go into a jet or maybe I could get my float rating and go fly camps for a bit or, you know, all of these things could, could happen. It's, uh, it's, I really don't like making plans that far in the future. I've always kind of been like almost afraid of, of making plans in the future because uh, my life changes so fast. And every time I've changed my life so far, I've been I've been happy with it. 
Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, on that point, it's it's weird. Like people ask you like in interviews and whatnot, like where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I've gotten to the point now, like in my head, I'm kind of thinking like I almost want to ask the question back, like where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like do you realize like how far 10 years in advance is? Yeah. Like, I go, yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like I take it day yeah. by day because like. Oh, for sure. I mean, for you, I mean, you just hit it on the. The hit, hit you know the nail on the coffin basically when one door closes like there's always another door open right like you, you can yeah. always move on to the next thing so you know with you you're the perfect example of somebody that you know found something they're super passionate about and just I mean ran with it uh, and you stuck with it too which is even better but why do you think you know in your own opinion what is the most common reason why people you know our age the younger generation you know, maybe tend to give up on their dreams, you know, whether they're be in aviation, uh, or not, you know, and in your opinion, what would you tell somebody, you know, to reverse that trend, you know, say it's a young person and they come to you on, so, you know, I want to do this, but I'm not so sure, you know, or I gave up because of this, you know, what would you tell that individual, uh, you know, to reverse the trend that maybe they're on? You know, that's, that's really hard. I think that, uh, that kind of like ed the educational system is the one system left that's kind of the you know totally archaic and and it, it just doesn't make sense you know like you have thirty people in a classroom and you tell them all the same thing and they're all tested to the same standard and they're all told that they need need to do the exact same thing in their life in order to be traditional or to be successful in the traditional sense and I just think that that gets into people's heads because you know they get told that for twelve years and then you know they're they're told to go to university for another four years and then maybe another three years and it's it's just I think that people, um, they kind of have their dreams suppressed. And I think, you know, really taking advantage of realizing, you know, we we are young. We have so much time, like especially. So much time. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah it, there's so much time to do stuff. You know, you go traveling. You leave school. You graduate high school at 17. If you travel till you're 25, you've got four years left in the work industry, you know. And, um, and so I, I just think, you know, everyone should follow their dream and, and not doubt it and just, just go for it and. Yeah, you know, a big thing is actually the, uh, the the rocking chair test. I call it. You know, yeah. you're 80 years old, you're sitting out on your front porch in your rocking chair. Will you regret your decision, or not? Yeah, you know. So it's, it, it's a good standard. And it's kind of like, okay, if you want to do something, why not try it? And you can always go back to a, a standard job if you don't. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's crazy. Like people ask me, like you know, how did you get into aviation or how did you get into doing what you like? I'm like, well, I couldn't go to college for what I'm doing, you know? And to be honest, like I have a college degree. I loved college. I met a lot of great people, but I mean, I gotta be honest, like here in aviation, I don't use an ounce of my degree, uh, in <laughs> what I do today. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's, it's all experience. I mean, you're doing it too. You're learning through experience. I'm learning through experience and we're just, we're on the path doing, doing what we love. Um, and because you've experienced a lot, you know, and you've seen some roadblocks like you were talking about in your training, uh, in prior life, uh, before you got into aviation, but maybe what were some specific roadblocks that maybe the younger generation needs to be prepared for if they're going to get into aviation? Oh, um, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's kind of weird. You don't actually see. I never actually saw aviation as a career choice yeah. at all. I never saw it advertised. I just didn't even know about it. So I think that's kind of the biggest barrier right now is 
nobody actually even seems to realize that it's actually a, uh, a career path. And even if it is, you know, like, I don't know. And this is the weird thing. You know, you talk to many kids that are like four years old, five years old. What do you want to be? A lot of them will say they want to be a pilot or an astronaut or whatever. But then I guess they kind of forget about that as I did too. I totally forgot yeah. about that too. And, uh, and it's like, you know, nobody actually knows how to get into that. What does it take? So I think it's kind of just a bit of a knowledge gap. <laughs> man, it's, it's just, it's, it's really, really funny. Cause then now I'm in it. I'm like, Man, I should have started this a long time ago, you know. <laughs> but it's like I'm I'm only, you know, I'm only 28. Like I still have so much time left. Like I literally could probably stop, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I could stop what I'm doing today. I could go get all my ratings, go into aviation and still be fine, you know, by the age of 40. Like it's crazy. Like if you're I don't know, if you're not happy in what you're doing, you literally have all the time in the world to stop and go do what you want to do. Oh yeah. You know, people, people ask me on Instagram, I get messages from people that are 35, even 45. And they say, I've always wanted to be a pilot. Am I too old? And I say, no, like if you get into it, you know, you still have, if you get in at 45, you still have 20 years left of, of flying and in, in, in the industry. That's a lot of time, you know, yeah. sitting in the sky. So, I mean, I, I do think that, if, you know, there is a time where you become too old, but I mean, like for the most part, no, absolutely not. Like it's, it's totally something that can, that it's a valid second career choice or, you know, whatever. whatever I know. Works. I 100% agree. Yeah. And it's funny that you yeah. said that story because I literally had that same thing happen to me on, um, you know, uh, like I said, I'm a part of this North Texas uh, aviators, this group. And I had, there was a 45 year old, he was like 45, 46 years old, came on, you know, he's got an MBA. He's been in the, the workforce for a really long time. And he goes, you know, I'm just getting dried up. I really don't enjoy it. And I've always wanted to be a pilot. This is what I've always wanted to do. And I think, you know, this is what I want to do. And, you know, how would I go about this? And there was literally people coming online and telling him like, oh, if you did it, it's going to take you this long. And by the time, you know, you're ready for the airlines, you're going to have like two or three years left. And they're like, yeah, so, you know, maybe this isn't the route for you because he's like, well, I got an MBA. So maybe I go or I want to get an MBA, you know, and maybe I do it this route. And they're like, well, maybe you should just go get the MBA and work on that, you know, because it's going to take you a long time to do the things in aviation that you want to do. And I literally went off on some of these people like in support of this guy. Like, how dare you like <laughs> tell yeah. some guy that wants to be in aviation, you know, that he can't be in it. Like, what the Absolutely. heck? Come on, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a there's a lady. I think it was uh, the club president of my flying club. I think actually took the guy uh, on his first flight. Uh, oh yeah, and That's it sounds cool. like yeah. from from what I saw, he just absolutely loved it. And it sounds like he's in training now. So I'm glad that he stuck with what he wanted to do. Um, then listen to the other people. No, I, I get why other people say what they do, but just be supportive of people. <laughs> we got so much time in life. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so, you know, if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, you know, to, to the younger you, what would you tell the younger Aaron, you know, now that you know what you do? Uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I'd be like, well, I don't even know, grade nine or something. I'd probably just tell myself to chill out because yeah. when I was in high school, I was always worried, what am I going to do? Like, what, how, what university am I going to go to? What? job am I going to do? You know, am I going to be a banker? Am I going to be like a lawyer? What, what should I do? And, uh, I stressed about it and I made decisions in high school about like what courses I was taking or whatever. And I really just hadn't, 
I wish I could just tell myself, you know, chill out. It's going to be all right. Just do whatever you want to do. It will be all right. You, you know, you're going to, you're going to live a, well, hopefully live a long life, but you know, there's, there's no shortage of time. Yeah. So. All right. Well, guys, we have talked about Aaron's younger life, you know, how he grew up and his family, his pilot life, you know, how he's been able to grow his own personal brand uh, on social media and how other people, you know, can connect with him uh, or how they can connect with other people to help them in aviation. Uh, And now we've kind of I love that last part. I just love learning from people and their personal beliefs and kind of what makes them them and what they really think. But now we're going to get into the funny part. We're going to get into the lightning round questions. And this is always the greatest part for all my guests because I have to I have to tell you, I'm going to ask these 10 questions and you literally have to say the first thing that's on your mind. You can't sit there and think about it. It's got to be right off the top of your head. Uh, all right, let's but, do it. but this is going to be fun. I promise you. All right. So question number one, every Everybody, including myself, and I love this. This is why I start this uh, the lightning round with this question. But everyone has their own quirks. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how weird do you consider yourself? Oh, a solid 9. Oh, that's the highest yeah. score I've gotten so far. Really? Oh, yeah. Easy easy 9. I just don't want to say 10 because, you know, like 10 kind of off the walls. But, like, I'd say a solid 9. Oh, I love that. Okay. See, this is what I'm telling you, people. People in aviation are honest, you know. We're weird. It's all right. But who cares? Because we're having fun. <laughs> all right. So question number two, what is your favorite word? Uh, frothing. I like the word frothing. Frothing. Like yeah, the beverage like, frothing. No, well, kind of. Yeah, that's what it is here. But like it, in Australia, you know, it's like their word for like excited about things. You know, someone's frothing about that. Yeah. And I just think I think it's just hilarious. You know, you picture someone like frothing at the mouth yeah. and they just, they just <laughs> use the description frothing. Oh man, so. that's funny. I might have to. I might have to think about that one a little more. All right, question number three: What is your favorite food? Burrito bowls. Burrito from anywhere? Do you have anything particular? Uh, burrito boys, and actually, if I'm in the states, Chipotle is unreal. Burrito bowls. So oh good. man, you yeah. had to go with Chipotle. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, I had it for lunch. Woo. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. Chipotle is good. I used to live off Chipotle, but now that I'm down here in Texas and. We have this Tex-Mex. Oh, my God. There's so many better places. But all right. I'll, I'll let you have that one. All right. Oh, yeah. Question question number four. What sound or noise do you absolutely love? Uh, uh, the sound of waves crashing on the beach. Like when there's like a nice good beach break. That's oh, just the best. Okay. So the yeah. surf, that's the surf for you coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, question number five. And, and I love this, especially talking to the pilots. What's the most important thing you carry with you on every single flight? Batteries. And I'm sure almost everyone says it. Batteries? Like uh, like the battery pack? No, like AA batteries for the, really? for the headset. Oh, yeah. When the headset dies, it's just the worst thing. There's no passive noise cancellation at all. What uh, what type of headset do you wear? Uh, Bose A20s now. Bose A20s. Okay, so you're a Bose guy. Well, I, they came with the plane, so I mean, oh, I was like, okay. I guess, yeah. Yeah, all right. But if yeah. you had a choice, okay, so if you had to go out before, you know, Bose, would you would you spend the money and invest in Bose headphones, or would you go with something else? Uh, well, I like their new ones now. I forgot what they're called, like the Bro, Bose Pro Flights, I think they're called or whatever. I think yeah. those would be a cool one. But uh, yeah, I like the idea of like just like the in-ear ones, not, not the over-ear ones. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. In the general aviation space, it's, it's weird because... In most of our helicopters that we sell, it's uh, we, we do sell the bows uh, along with the birds. But I don't know. I use David Clark's right now, and I've oh, used, yeah? I've used Bose headphones, and for some reason, I don't know. I like the David Clark headphone. It's weird. Oh, they're classic. I love them. That's what I still use when I go up like in private planes or whatever. You just got 
I bought them for 60 bucks off Craigslist. Oh, um, yeah. And they're so nostalgic, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to, like, polish the connectors with, like, steel wool. And it's like, now they work today. They just work perfectly. It's, yeah. it's crazy. You know, it's such old technology. It works perfect. All right. So we'll go back to questions. Question number six. What profession, other than the one that you're in right now, would you like to attempt if you had the chance? Uh, weatherman. Oh, uh, okay. A weatherman. Yeah. All right. That's, that's a, see, I love, man, I love these lightning round questions. They can be everyone, wrong every day and still get a job. That's, I love it. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally, like I was, I was so pissed today. Like I, I couldn't go flying today because, uh, well, it was a low cloud base. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to cancel my flight today. Cause the weather guys are saying it's going to rain. Uh, this big storms coming in. It is, it's 9 23 PM and we haven't had a drop of rain today. <laughs> like, it is ridiculous. Classic. It is ridiculous. Well, you know, you know who's going to work tomorrow? He the is. guy who told you that. Yeah, he gets yeah. the job. That's, yeah, fake stuff. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. All right, question number seven. What are you not very good at? We all have uh, things. I, oh, I suck balls at laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can't do it. Like, I, like the whites have never come out whites. Yeah, it's, it's rough. That is, all right, that, that's funny because I would agree with that one, and I'd probably say the same thing because my, uh, my wife on the weekly says why don't you do your laundry so <laughs> i agree all right yeah. so uh question number eight maybe this one you know maybe i'll give you one second to think about this but what is your ultimate dream in life that you want to accomplish um my ultimate dream in life that that test that i was talking to you about before when you know you sit on your porch at 80 years old hypothetically yeah. i just want to be i really want to be that old guy that's just sitting out there with a nice glass of scotch and a big stogie and just think you know fuck yeah this was a great life you know i don't, <laughs> I don't regret anything this is fantastic all right so, so question kind of, question eight, question 8.1 what kind of scotch uh, at the age of 80 will you be drinking oh hopefully scotch as old as myself you know uh, it's a nice 80 year old bottle <laughs> we'll see all right. Question number nine. You know, I love this one too. This is funny because everybody's got one. They just don't really share it. But what is your biggest pet peeve in aviation? Uh, I, I'm not a fan of tree or niner. Like I know, I know that's like the, the official, yeah. the official phonetics, phonetics for it, but I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny hearing the word niner. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I actually, from my training and where I am now, I don't think I've gotten into a plane and I don't think I've had to ever read back a number that I've had to use the word niner. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. Like, yeah. But I, I have I have see, that's weird because you're supposed to say the right way, three the right way, but I, I've said three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I you know, almost everyone I hear, they'll say three and they'll say nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> so right. I don't know. Last question of the lightning round. Question number ten. If you had the chance to fly in anything, what would you fly? Okay, I'm going to give you two airplanes for this one. Um, realistically, I really want to own a Glass Air 3 at some point in my life. I just okay. think it would be a fantastic home-built airplane. It yep. just looks super high performance, lots of fun. And the unrealistic one is just like Tom Cruise, I want to be in an F-14. Oh, but, if yeah. the F-14s were still flying around today, man, that would be such a cool airplane to fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The swept-backed wing and, you know, the way it moves. Oh, man, that's just incredible. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So everybody, that was lighting round. Now you get to see the the funny and uh, not so proper 
side of us. I, I love the lightning round. That's why I, that's why I make it a part of every <laughs> podcast. For sure. But uh, we're going to get in the final questions now that we're coming to kind of wrapping up uh, the podcast. This has been a really, really good one. But kind of how how I wrap every podcast up here is I'm going to ask you one question and then you're going to ask me uh, a question. And for the audience, I don't know the question he's going to ask me. I love doing this because it's really off the, uh, (laughs) you know, off the keel. So and then we're going to get into one last question that the uh, Aaron's going to ask the audience. Uh, And I really like that one, too, because then, you know, when we post on social media and everything, uh, we can get that question uh, out uh, to everybody. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of answers we get back. Uh, so Aaron, one question I want to ask you 70 years from now, how do you want people to remember you? So you were talking about how 80 years ago or when you're 80, you want to be, you know, on the rocking chair with a stogie and a scotch, but how, you know, at that age down the road, how do, how do you want people to remember you? Oh, you know, I don't have any big dreams to, you know, like have a, have my name on a building or anything like that. I just want most people that I interact with in my life, you know, I, ideally everyone that I interact with in my life to uh, remember me is just like, you know, an, an honest and genuine person. That's kind of, uh, that's kind of my aspiration. And, and that's kind of, it's, that's what I love about that question is people, that's the, pretty much the, the answer that I get, you know, I just want, I mean, it's the same for me. I just want, you know, it's just like the pocket. I just want people to maybe learn something. And I always say, you know, my legacy in this will be if I could get one person to join aviation because it's really their passion, I literally could drop everything today and say I was a success. Wow, uh, that's perfect. I mean, that's so I, I 100% uh, agree uh, with what you just said. So now for the final question, you, what question do you want to ask me? All right, Colin, when was the time in your life you were most embarrassed? When what time was I most embarrassed? Yeah, that's oh, what you got. Oh, God, this is a good one. And I know you're already thinking of a scenario and you're trying to, and you're saying, you know, I can't, I can't say that one. I'm going to have to think of another one. No, I want you to say that the worst one. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the one I'm trying to think of. Um, God, I got to have some good stories from college. <laughs> you know, cause I got to be honest, like when I was younger, um, Oh, okay. I got one for you. I got a good one. This dates back way long ago. I want to say I was in like, and I'm not going to say the specific situation, you know, because it's, it's <laughs> kind of, it's, it's inappropriate, but we were kids, we were little kids. So I want to say I, I went to a private school and it made it worse. Um, because it was me and my buddies, we got caught. And literally the, the kid that I'm in trouble with that, like I got in trouble with, uh, he was my he was my best man at my wedding, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the truth is, people still stick with you even through your most embarrassing times. Um, oh man, I think I was in like second. Was it for it was second grade? I want to say. Oh yeah, way back. Uh, yeah, way back. But I mean, because I got chastised by the principal and the leadership, and then my own parents for doing what we did, and I just said, "Well, we were stupid kids. We were having fun." Um. We we pulled a prank. Well, it wasn't really a prank, but we were doing some stupid kid stuff uh, before we were supposed to go on a a field trip in the morning. Um, and it was our it was the bell break, and we decided to pull a stupid stunt. Um, and the middle school print no was it the 
oh my god the guy's dead now he he passed away he was really really well known at the private school um his name was oh i'm not gonna say his name just for privacy but uh, he was an old guy. He was in charge. Oh, that's what he was. He was in charge of doing um, the college like admissions for the kids in high school. Okay. And he walked in um, on this group of, you know, second grade boys, uh, you know, pulling some pranks. And unfortunately, he reported it to our principal, to our parents, okay. to our headmaster. Um, and, and I'm not going because it, it, you know, we were two year old boys, so it's not, uh, it's not appropriate to say what we were doing because we didn't, you know, or second grade boys, uh, cause we didn't know any better back in the day. Uh, we were just having fun and you know, what makes second grade boys laugh? Uh, that's what we did. Um, <laughs> but we were doing something that was, uh, inappropriate at the time and we thought it was funny, but, uh, this guy, he was kind of an angry old man. Uh, he didn't agree that we were having fun and he thought it was super inappropriate and yeah, we got in some super deep trouble. And from then on out, like, because at the private school, you got to understand, like from that time on, I left the school at eighth grade and nobody really from the leadership of the school had changed. So that wow. stuck with us until eighth grade. And then I left, uh, went to public yeah. school. Hey, out but, of there. But that I literally like people, like the teachers knew us as you guys did that. Like you did that embarrassing. Wow. Like from the set. Um, yeah, we were, we were screwing like, uh, you know, here I'll, I'll say like maybe overflowing toilets and, and things like that. <laughs> um, like, yeah, we were, we were trashing, basically trashing a bathroom. Cause we thought it was yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, a, yeah, I figured it had something to do with, with, uh, so pooping. yeah, we were second grade boys yeah. and it was, yeah. it was embarrassing. And my mom will still make fun of me today. Like when I'm with this kid, um, <laughs> and she's there with us, she'll be like, do you remember when you guys were a group of, you know, second grade boys and you guys did that stupid thing and you got in super deep trouble. I'm like, yeah, we yeah. were known all throughout school as the kids that pulled that stunt. Um, so yeah, that was, that was super, super embarrassing and it was, man, it was bad, but Hey, whatever. So, so, so there's your legacy 70 years from now. That's what they're going to remember you as. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that school, trust me, that school has more problems than second grade boys doing, you know, overflowing toilets and stuff. So whatever, you know what? Um, but yeah, that was pretty embarrassing, but you know what I say? You know, if you're doing anything embarrassing, who cares? Right? Like it's your life. Oh, 100%. Just, just live it. So yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Yeah, I know solid. it's not. I know it's not the full that you wanted, but I hope it's, no, a, good it's a solid answer. All right. So the last question, and sorry again, man, I want to get over the sickness. But uh, what question do you want to ask uh, the small and growing AvGeek Nation uh, audience? Oh, um, and we're gonna post this on social. I'll post it on social. Got it on Twitter. We'll put it on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, uh, and everything. But what question do you want to? ask the audience oh, i don't know i oh I, I guess i didn't read this part of the document what questions would i like to ask your small but growing audience um i always say small i, I swear sometimes i'm just humble because i'm like man i've surpassed, <laughs> surpassed two thousand downloads like that's a pretty big deal no sorry, sorry i was just reading i was just literally reading it off the document here like yeah. i have it open like on my computer i didn't mean to say anything but um what questions okay would did this podcast change your outlook on life at all is, I guess, the uh, question that I would ask. 
so for the audience, did this podcast? Ep- I'm going to write this down too. Did this podcast okay. episode uh, change your outlook? Is that what, right? Your outlook? Yeah, sure, sure. Or maybe instead of that one, or maybe with that one, we could go. Um, I don't know if there's anyone here that, that that listens that isn't in aviation, but maybe you could say, you know, are you more tempted to uh, pursue your passion after listening to this podcast? I like that. I really, really so, do like that. You know, that'd be really, that'd be really cool if. The, if, if you, like you said, if even one person said yes, you know, that'd be, it makes everything worth it. You know, every, every minute of time you put into all this social media and the podcasting, everything, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole, man, that's like, if one person just comes out and says, yep, I, I went and took a discovery flight or yeah, I'm, you know, I'm finishing up and you guys help me get there. Like that's, yeah. man, that's all I care about. hundred percent. All right. So, guys, we've heard, I mean, some pretty cool stuff. I love Aaron's story, you know, how he came from doing what he did before and now how he's quickly made his way up in the aviation ranks. But, Aaron, where can people find you on social media and how can they support uh, what you're doing? Um, all right. If you do want to find me, it's uh, Instagram and handles the pilot Aaron, uh, spelled with two A's. And uh, it's the same on YouTube channel uh, at the pilot Aaron. But I mean, my YouTube's really small. I only have one video there so far. But yeah, that's it. So why did you? Speaking of that, before we before we go, why did you start the YouTube channel? I'm intrigued. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of something. It was something else to to do. You know, I mean, what if what if Instagram gets shut down? That's um, what I'm you know, saying, right? <laughs> for, I mean, it's not likely to happen. But you know, what if it does happen? Right now, I'm 100 percent exposed in, in Instagram. So yep. if I if I start YouTube, then and, you know, there's different people on YouTube and Instagram and you can try and balance people from Instagram to YouTube and YouTube to Instagram. And I just think it's, uh, it's, it's something that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's actually one of the goals that I just got a new camera uh, and it, pra- it, it takes really, really good, uh, good video. Yeah. I got one of those, uh, one of those Sony a seven series cameras. Oh man. That's, uh, the, that's what, that's what I wanted. So my wife's, my wife's a yeah. blogger. So I, I'm, and I'm kind of her photographer. So I've been kind of training myself, uh, using her on it right now. And then when yeah. I start getting good at it, yeah, I want to start a YouTube. Uh, I don't know what I would do, uh, but no, I, I, I love putting out video and just stuff and just kind of sh- showing what we're doing here. So, no, I love it. I watched that video and I know it was your first vlog, but I love it and I can't wait to see more. Wow. Thanks a lot, man. I, cause I, I, I finished editing and I'm like, wow, I just spent six hours on this. It's like three minutes long and it doesn't look good at all, but whatever. I'm posting it. And, you know, people... I actually debated not posting it, but people, the, the general uh, reception seems to be pretty positive of it. So I really appreciate it. Oh yeah. And, and what I yeah. see, you know, and I have to remind myself this too, like just post stuff, like don't even think about it. Don't think what people, you know, if you put it out there, you know, you'll see a response and then you'll just change. It's like what you were talking about the data, right? Like, you know, if you look at the data, you can change it, but you just kind of put the stuff out there, keep putting it out, keep putting it out. But it's funny yeah, about absolutely. the time. It's funny about the time because when I started the podcast, it was the same way. It's like, man, I just spent three hours editing my like first real episode of the podcast, and now it'll take me like thirty minutes to whip it up. It's weird. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's cool. Yeah. But Aaron, man, this oh, I love this episode, man. This was a really, really good one. So I appreciate yeah, so, this. Is this so fantastic? Much. Thanks so much. <laughs> and everybody, this was his first episode. Uh, being on a podcast. So we broke him into the podcast world. And I, I hope you're on uh, many, many more uh, podcasts because I think exposing the younger generation uh, here in the aviation world, um, I think it will. And this is what I say, and I hope you agree with me. 
you know, you see a lot of businesses out there, you know, trying to get people into STEM, into aviation, you know, and it's the CEOs and everything trying to push it, push it, push it. But I always tell people, I say, I actually think it's going to be the younger generation that's in aviation that is going to get more younger people into aviation. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I hope uh, I hope we uh, we find you on more podcasts down the road, uh, inspiring more uh, younger kids to finish up uh, in their aviation careers, whatever it may be, uh, as well as maybe getting some more people uh, into aviation and becoming a part of our community. So, Aaron, thank you uh, again from the bottom of my heart uh, for being on this episode. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Colin. It's been so awesome. So before we wrap up, everybody, please, if you could, go uh, go leave a comment, what you thought maybe about this episode or the podcast, uh, and leave a rating too, because guys, your word of mouth and your rating is really what is going to help make this podcast a better podcast, uh, as well as just get the word out. So please leave a rating. And please leave a comment uh, on whatever channel uh, or whatever podcast uh, platform you use. Write and comment. Uh, I really do appreciate uh, what you have to say, and I read everything. Uh, so please uh, leave your two cents there, and we will continue making this podcast a growing aviation podcast. But everybody, uh, that's all for this episode of the Ask the Ab Geek Show. So we will see you next time on the Ab Geek Cargo Podcast. Thank you.